podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference, plus BYU, UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati. We are, of course, the flagship show of the 10-12 Network and partners with Sports Drink, your water cooler for sports and non-sports, a fantastic podcast network in their own right. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us with this little bonus podcast. The NCAA Women's Soccer Tournament gets underway on Friday. Three current Big 12 teams going to be taking part in the tournament this year. TCU, Texas, and West Virginia all getting seeded. It seems like something we should talk a little bit about here on the show, and so I'm excited to have a first-time guest joining us. That's Tom Hindle of Top Drawer Soccer. Tom, welcome to the show, man. Hi, Philip. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm pumped. I think this is a fun time of year, and I'm 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 excited to talk about the three teams and their matchups a little bit with you, and then just kind of talk about the the state of the Big 12 as a whole from a soccer standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's been a bit of a crazy season, but I I like I like the Big Twelve this year. I think a couple of the teams in particular could be really interesting. So fire away. Any questions you might have? All right. Well, let's let's just talk about uh, West Virginia, who went on an incredible run in the Big Twelve tournament to be able to make it to this postseason tournament, uh, getting themselves a national seed, which is very impressive. I would say. Uh, based off of, I mean, they, they kind of had an up and down year, but they were able to turn things on at the right time and find yeah. their way here. Uh, West Virginia going to open up against Virginia Tech on Sunday, one of the later games of the tournament at, at noon central time. Uh, how do you view this matchup between the Mountaineers and, and rival Virginia Tech? Yeah, well... First of all, I think at the start of the season, we, or, or I particularly, quite liked West Virginia. Thought they could be a really good team. And then the offense, the attack, just kind of seemed to disappear pretty early on. And um, everyone was a little bit confused. Uh, but they've really rounded into form recently. And over the last five or six games, they've had one of the best defenses in the nation. Uh, Jordan Brewster is a fantastic centre-back. She scores goals as well, so she really contributes. And um, their goalie recently in particular, I think it's Kaiser Massey, has been brilliant. So, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the, the the cliche, right, defence wins championships, right? And I, I, don't know, I don't know if we can say the Mountaineers are going to go all the way, but they're going to be a really tough out for any team. And um, uh, this Virginia Tech one, I actually wrote about it yesterday. Could be a really interesting game for them. Uh, Virginia Tech has a couple of really good forwards, very quick and dynamic attacking players. One of the best young defenders, or sorry, excuse me, young forwards in the nation in Taylor Price. But you kind of like West Virginia to win this one. They'll slow the game down. They'll score off set pieces and they'll just be really physical. So... It, it'll be a fun matchup, I think, you know, given the proximity between the two teams, maybe a bit of a rivalry. Uh, hopefully there'll be a few hard tackles and maybe a bit of passion to it as well. But I, I do like West Virginia in this one. And then, um, yeah, we'll see after that. But this is, I, I th- it should be a fun opening round matchup. Yeah, we had uh, head coach Nikki Izzo Brown on the show before the season. We talked about oh, yeah. Massey, had high expectations for her. And it's good to see West Virginia kind of rounding into the expectations we had for them before the yeah. year heading into the tournament. 
Uh, like I said, two other current Big 12 teams in the tournament. TCU, a five seed. They will play at 7 p.m. on Friday night. Uh, open up against UTSA, a little in-state uh, competition there. Uh, how do you view this matchup? It's one that I, I'm picking TCU to win. I, this is a very good TCU team, as most would expect. Uh, yeah. but, but how do you see this matchup with UTSA? Well, I think TCU definitely goes in as the favorite. Um, and it's kind of funny with TCU at the moment. I talked to their coach, Eric Bell, uh, before the season, and he was really, really high on this team. Really, really liked it. I mean, as any coach has to be every year, right? But I think he was particularly passionate. And I don't think it's quite panned out for them maybe as as he'd hoped. Because based on talent, you think, hey, maybe this is a top 10 team. We can really make a run. And at times they've looked like that. Um, but if they can capture that form, they will be really, really good. Um, Messiah Bright is one of the best forwards in the nation. She's fantastic to watch. She's, you know, she's a proper striker. She's going to score a lot of goals, get into good positions. And um, she's a real handful. I don't think any team can really, and this is a bit dramatic, I'm not sure any team can actually defend her when she's at her best. You know, it's um she's she's a nightmare of a matchup and probably a top top 10, 15 player in the nation when she wants to be. Um my concern about TCU though is at the other end. You know, how are they going to figure things out defensively? Uh UTSA, they're not they don't have the prestige necessarily, but they can score goals and they can hit on the break. So the question is, how does TCU defend that? Now, if they do so, this shouldn't be that much of a problem for them. But, you know, you've got to take it one game at a time, right? Um, but, yeah, I, I think if they're on their game, this is a pretty comfortable win. Yeah, definitely had high expectations for TCU, and I'm not sure they've quite met them. But, I mean, yeah. this is the time of year where, you know, legends are made and seasons are can be can be completely rewritten. Exactly. So. Big opportunity for TCU opening against UTSA, and then they'd have the winner of Michigan State or Milwaukee after that. Uh, right. Man, it's, you know, we've had former rivalry, a true rivalry matchup between West Virginia and Virginia Tech. We got two teams from the state of Texas facing off, and now we have the best of both. We have a true rivalry between two teams in the state of Texas. Uh, seven seed Texas going to be playing Texas A&M on Friday at 5 p.m. is the other Big 12 game. I mean, this one should be fun if for all the reasons that have nothing to do with the game. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm particularly excited about this matchup. Texas A&M has been a, a solid soccer program and a solid soccer team. What, what do you see in, in this one, Tom? Well, it is, you're right in terms of being excited about it and that in-state and it's, it feels like a proper, a proper thing, like proper, proper rivalry, you know? And um, for this one, I actually think Texas was really unlucky because I think they should have been seeded higher. I think they, they, um, I think, think they're better maybe than their seeding suggests and um when trinity buyers and lexi massimo are on they're, they're one of the best attacking teams in the nation um i don't know how much um you've been into this or what the awareness of it but the two of them have played together since they were i think in high school and younger than that so they have this fantastic understanding with each other i think massimo has assisted on like half of trinity buyers goals this year which is crazy um but yeah, Texas really good in the attack. They've got some. They've got some good defenders as well. Some good outside backs who are going to create chances for them. Um, and Texas A and M are solid this year, but I don't think they've quite got that quality or that attacking punch to really give a big team. With all due respect to them, of course, 
um, a problem. So I like Texas in this matchup. I really do. Um, my one concern for them, sorry um, if I've cut you off there. My one concern for Texas is they're not that deep. So most teams you'd like to have maybe five, six people you can bring off the bench who can give you at least 15, 20 minutes. Recently, Texas has only gone two or three. So you've just, you, you, you're asking your best players to shoulder a lot of minutes. But in the early rounds, especially in this game, that might not be too much of a problem. You said something that kind of leads to the next question I want to ask because you believe Texas was underseeded in it. And I, yeah. I, you know, looking at the Big 12, only getting three current teams in. We, if we have some time, we've got BYU and the UCF in the field as well. Sure. Uh, West Virginia, seven seed. I think that's fair, again, based off the season. Yes, they won the Big 12 tournament. TCU, a five. Texas, a seven. Big 12 only got three teams in versus, say, the, like the ACC, who I believe had 10 teams get into the tournament. Is there something about the Big 12 that what, – what what happened this year? That you your two best teams in Texas and TCU, two teams that I, I think should have both probably been seeded higher based off of how well they play, getting these low seeds. What what happened to the Big 12 and, and, and what can the conference do moving forward to try and better position itself for more teams in the postseason and better seeding? Well, no, that's um, – <clears throat> excuse me. Gosh, um, that's a really good question. Um, I think the problem is, is that if you look at the landscape of college soccer, that bias is a strong word, but there will always be, I suppose, favoritism given to the more perceived conferences that are perceived to be more competitive. So if the committees are looking at things and saying, okay, we've got an okay team from the ACC, I say, quote unquote, okay. And an okay team from the Big 12, they're likely to lean ACC based on strength of schedule. And I think because like the ACC, the Big 10, the Pac-12 and the SEC have all been so competitive this year, I think the Big 12s maybe suffered a little bit. But looking through the whole slate, and I was doing some bracket analysis yesterday, um, and I'm not here to plug that, but if you want to read it, that'll be cool. Um, <laughs> but um, Oklahoma State, in particular, I thought, man, they f- must feel really hard done by because I think they were they were pretty good in the RPI. They'd given some really good teams some good games. And you just think maybe they're more deserving than a mid to low ACC or maybe even one of those three or four other teams who got themselves an at-large bid. So, you know, outside of your power five, if you will. So I think maybe there's been a bit of bad luck for the Big 12. And I suppose you'd have a lot of teams who are right on the bubble. And, you know, sometimes that's just the way the way it falls, right? It's a coin flip almost, isn't it? When you've got those guys in. And then <clears throat> to your point about what can it do? Reputation always hurts, right? Um, but for me, it all starts with recruitment. If you're looking at Texas, Oklahoma, and parts of the Midwest as well. These are soccer hotbeds. You know, these, some of the best players in the nation play in Texas and in those areas. You've got some really good players in the Midwest as well. And yeah, it comes down to perception. I'm not a coach. I can't recruit athletes. But you've got to get some of those players to stay home, if you will, or stay in the region. Because there is no reason based on who's around why you can't have three, four, five Big 12 teams in the tournament every year. In fact, based on the talent, you really should. So I think it probably comes down to that um, in terms of bringing more players in. And then I think this year, probably just a bit of bad luck. Yeah, you mentioned Oklahoma State. Um, I have the RPI pulled up. They were 44th in the RPI, 11-4-4 yeah. four four record. Um, but then you look at some of the other teams who got in. 
Virginia Tech, as we mentioned, 46th in the RPI at 10, 6, and 2. Wake Forest got in at 45 in the RPI, 9, 6, and 3. Uh, yeah. Vanderbilt at 49 in the RPI at 11, 4, and 4. And so it, it does feel like OSU was the other team I was going to look at and say kind of yeah. got the short end of the stick. I know Texas Tech had a good record this year. They were 9, 4, and 6, but they were 81 in the RPI. Yeah. But I do think it hurts if the bottom of the Big 12 isn't very good. And and then yeah. you really have to look at the non-conference scheduling and hope that you've, you've pulled off some wins there. But right. Yeah, it does feel like Oklahoma State probably should have been in this field looking at some of the other teams that got in over them just because of the, maybe the conferences that they played in. Uh, Oklahoma right. State having a solid season as usual and, and typically being a postseason team. Right. And if Oklahoma State does get in, then you've got, what, a four-bid four conference? And you're thinking, okay, well, now that's on the same level as your Pac-12s, even your Big Tens this year. I think Big Ten only had five. So, yeah. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I know we just got a couple seconds, so let's do this sure. real quick. Uh, two incoming Big 12 schools will join the conference for next season, that being yeah. BYU and UCF made the postseason. BYU a six seed against Utah Valley. That game is Friday night at 7 p.m. Uh, any thoughts on that particular matchup? Yeah, that's going to be my – and I'm not just saying this. That's going to be my favorite game of the first round um, because what happened uh, – these two teams met back in September and – BYU was coming off, I think, 48 hours rest from their last game, which was against a top 10 team in Arkansas. And Utah Valley, for want of a better word, battered them 4-2. And it was like this really, really high-intensity game. And Utah, you know, just capitalized on that. But since then, BYU's been really good. They've lost some players due to the NWSL draft uh, last year. They're definitely a weaker side. But um, they've... They they can score goals, you know. They can they can really really can score goals. So um, I expect this one to be a bit high scoring again. I think if you want to turn it turn on the telly and see four or five goals from a matchup, that's probably going to be your one. Um, I've actually think I think Utah Valley might just edge them again, you know, but um, I honestly think that that could be a really good one. Could go either way. And it wouldn't surprise me to see something like a 3-2 or a 3-3 that goes down to penalty kicks and then something like that. But there's a lot of goals in that game. Yeah, we had BYU head coach Jennifer Rockwood back before the season as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Really excited to see how how she, her team has performed. Uh, the other team, of course, UCF. Uh, they made the field. Uh, they will be playing against eight-seed NC State uh, on Sunday at 11 a.m., uh, can you just tell me a little bit about the UCF soccer program? And obviously, I, they're, they, I wouldn't expect them to be favored in this matchup with with AC NC State. But I mean, this does feel like a program that has kind of on the rise here. Yeah. yeah. So they've they've made a living, especially this year, of playing just very solid soccer. You know, they don't they don't necessarily blow anyone out of the water with their goal scoring talent. Although they can score goals, don't get me wrong. But they're just a very very solid team, and they're good to watch. And they're gonna make they're gonna make things difficult for anyone. Um, NC State, in fact, with this matchup, if you can call it an upset because an eight seed is in between, but I actually like uh, UCF here. NC State had a really good start to the season, um, but have since been a bit shaky. Um, they're not very. How do I put this nicely? They're not very good defensively, <laughs> um, and you know they'll likely concede some goals. Um, UCF is going to have its work cut out, especially on the break, um, if we can get a bit more analytical, because NC State likes to play fast. They're going to be direct. Um, 
but UCF kind of makes its living off controlling games, slowing the tempo down, getting your opportunities for maybe crosses or corner kicks or that kind of stuff. So it's a good matchup, I think, for them. And um, in terms of an incoming Big Twelve team, um, that could be that could be a, an upset, if you will, and maybe set the tone for them coming into the conference for the coming years. Is it next year or the year after? Uh, next season, they will be part yeah. of the Big Twelve. So there you go. Um, it would be. I think that's that's good for the conference as well, isn't it? Though, if you have another team who maybe picks up a win or two in the NCAA tournament, and then just more competition. Yeah, I mean, we're losing Oklahoma and Texas in a, in a few years, but you know, bringing in BYU and UCF have been some solid soccer programs. Uh, on your point of a potential upset pick, I'm going through the RPI, noticing UCF was 22nd in the RPI, and NC State was yeah. 39th. Yeah, uh, and UCF had a. Nine and two five record, NC State seven seven five. So again, maybe a little bit of the ACC bias in play here. Guess it's not just in men's basketball where we get an ACC <laughs> bias. Uh, Tom, you have been incredible. Thank you so much for your time today, Thank man. You. Uh, you can. Where can everybody check out the the work you do covering uh, covering soccer? Well, yes, please, please do. Uh, Topdrawsoccer.com. We have kind of a full slate of college and club and youth soccer coverage. Uh, college soccer coverage is going to be intense and heavy for the next month because you've got the men's and women's um, NCAA tournaments coming up. And then also uh, give us a shout on Twitter at Top Draw Soccer. We'll, um, we've got some teams of the week coming out. We've got loads of previews and we're really going to dig into the tournament over the over the next few weeks. So I suppose if you want to sort of listen to people try and figure out what the hell's going on, uh, give us a shout there. Very cool. And you can follow Tom on Twitter as well at Tom underscore Hindle underscore. Hindle is H-I-N-D-L-E. Tom, thank you so much, man. Uh, this was great. And uh, let's fun. try and get you back on when when the next season rolls around. Man. You know what? Please do. Or tell me I was wrong after the NCAA tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to tweet at you, bud. Yeah, brilliant. Podcast Network.